Hello and welcome to this International Security Studies podcast. My name is Augustin. And my name is Dimitri. And today we'll be talking about the issue of the South China Sea. More importantly, we'll discuss the merits of Asian countries acting as a single entity when dealing with China. To start off, we should probably give you a little bit of context. The issue of territory disputes in the region is very old, but most recent arguments arose at the end of the 20th century when offshore oil drillings became widely possible. The claims of the total amount of available oil and gas reserves trapped under the seabed are disputed, but estimates range from at least 1 billion tons in oil to as high as 17 billion, and from 190 to 500 trillion cubic feet in natural gas. These resource reserves are one of the foremost reasons why the disputes are taking place. Even on the lowest end of the spectrum, these reserves are enough to fuel even China's economy for several decades. China claims its territory on the Nine-Dash Line, for which it says to have a historical claim. However, the claim can be traced back to the end of World War II, when the Japanese left a power vacuum in the area. This is also the period when most local powers began to expand their focus outward, and the South China Sea came into dispute. By the end of the 90s, there have been several altercations between China and especially Vietnam, with several islands exchanging hands. The same happened with the Philippines in the 21st century and led to the ruling of the Permanent Court of Arbitrations based on the UN Convention on the Law of the Sea against the Chinese Nine-Dash Line claim. This ruling is also supported by Vietnam and Malaysia. However, in the aftermath, China has denounced the ruling as null and would not abide by it. In the past five years, we have seen China building up artificial islands in the disputed territory and upgrading them to naval military bases. This has led to the US moving more assets to the region in support of the Philippines, increasing its military presence in the waters and filling out the Philippine-based US military bases. India also has interest in the area in cooperations with Vietnam to offshore drilling rights and exploitation. Thus also trying to increase its military presence with the help of Vietnam. The issue at hand is that China refuses to abide by the Permanent Court of Arbitration's ruling and tries to strong-arm each involved country in bilateral treaties and refuses to acknowledge ASEAN as a whole on the issue. Meanwhile, it is simultaneously encouraging more landlocked ASEAN members to support China. It has not become uncommon for China to regularly invade the exclusive economic zones of the involved countries while also supporting illegal fishing in the area. So, Dimitri, can you tell us more about the problems facing ASEAN and why it is so hard for ASEAN to act as a uniform entity? Of course. So the problem is this. ASEAN has three challenges that play a major role in the South China Sea issue. First is the different political systems and levels of development. For example, the democratic Singapore has a much stronger economic performance and progressive industry compared to Myanmar, with comparatively weak economic performance and poor governance. Second is the problem of integration, effects of the Asian way through informality, consensus building and non-interference cause weak, slow and apathetic institutionalization and internal and interstate conflict. In my opinion, there are two possibilities how the ASEAN could possibly continue. Either the focus should be increased on the integration of states and the less cooperative uh, states like Cambodia, 
Vietnam, Laos and Myanmar have to adopt to the level of strong states with leadership positions, which is not very likely since these states do not have a stable governance, which would make this very hard to realize. And the other possibility would be the partial disintegration where ASEAN relaxes the consensus principle and is not hindered by the resistance of the weaker states. This allows the strong Asian states to deepen their cooperation more quickly and would weaken China's influence through the weaker Cambodia and Laos. Nonetheless, the weaker Asian states would still have the opportunity to cooperate and develop further. Recently, China has taken further steps to claim the region for itself. Among other things, China has taken advantage of the current situation with the COVID-19 pandemic to provide facilities on artificial islands, on the Spreadleys and on Woody Island. These facilities are being built to create new grounds for claiming the areas and to show presence through new military facilities. In recent years, China has also deployed its navies in the coasts of Indonesia, Philippines, Malaysia and Vietnam. Illegal Chinese fishermen are also often sunk, but China does not back down in this respect and justifies its actions by claiming that the coasts are traditional Chinese fishing grounds. ASEAN is now required here. As the USA only has an interest in free navigation in this area. The US has no choice but to contradict China diplomatically and use US Navy patrols. So far the efforts of the US have not been successful and ASEAN is finding it difficult to reach a consensus for a code of conduct in this region. So to summarize, China has been systematically and aggressively taking military control over the South China Sea. While the Philippines have tried going the international route, it obviously isn't enough since China simply ignores the results. Meanwhile, China is trying to come to beneficial bilateral agreements with individual Asian states while trying to avoid diplomacy with Asian as a whole. This gives China the ability to strong arm certain weaker states in the region and increase its influence. If Asian can resolve its differences, it would have a stronger leg to stand on when dealing with China. Additionally, the possibility of Indian and USA support exists in this regard. However, as we have seen, the problems in question are here to stay and we can expect at least a decade of continued Chinese dominance in the area. The question of escalated armed conflict, however, still remains open. So thank you for joining us today and we hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. And we hope we were able to provide you with an interesting point of view on a very complex topic. So thank you for listening and goodbye.